I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Hey there, bun buddies, and welcome to License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. I'm your host, Sal Zane, and with me is my partner and webmistress, Attica! Attica! What? It's from the movie Dog Day Afternoon. I have not seen that movie. Which this is based off of. Well, then I have homework. Which I'll get to, because I have facts about the movie. Good. But also, my name is Kim. And also, we have everyone's favorite, Burger Dog! Our dog's not even a burger, she's a cookie. Well, Oreo is the burger of the cookie world. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. Are burgers sandwiches, then? Uh, more Oreo, than hot dogs are. I was going to say, because Oreos are sandwich cookies. I mean, it's a hot sandwich. <laughs> this week, we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 2, Bob Day Afternoon. Enjoying a char to a crisp burger, and testing our knowledge with trivia. And let's get on with the show. Let's talk about the episode. Are you ready? As Jonathan Taylor Thomas famously said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That might come up later. We talk about Jonathan Taylor Thomas later because we definitely record this podcast in sequential order. Yep. Anyways, Bob Day Afternoon is, of course, named after Dog Day Afternoon, which is a 1975 movie starring Al Pacino, which is based on a true story. Which I have never seen either of the true story or the movie. It was nominated for five Oscars and won Best Original Screenplay. Only five Oscars? No wonder I haven't seen it. So the movie is based off of a real bank robbery. The main character breaks into a bank to rob it because he wants to get money for his partner who is transgender and wants to have surgery. And the plan is to steal a bunch of money and to flee to Argentina where they can live a happy life together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out though. Oh. Yeah, it definitely didn't work out for them in the end. It never works out for the good guys. Uh, which is why, in the beginning, to circle it back around to your absolute and utter confusion to me screaming Attica, it's a very famous line from the movie that I learned was improvised, BT dubs. But at one point, Al Pacino's character... So this bank gets held hostage. It turns out that the bank has sent away their money already in an armored van because like, they come and collect the money and stuff like that. So it had like no money. Moving money is happy money. Yeah, and so he's holding these people hostage. It takes place in a summer, and it's one of the hottest days of the summer, and the police are not cooperating. And so he goes out and starts chanting Attica to try and get the crowd all riled up and on his side. And Attica was a prison riot that happened the year prior in 1971, where there was an uprising against poor conditions in the prison. Oh, so it's not a reference to Attica Finch from the famous To Kill a Mockingbird? Also, another fun fact, Dog Day Afternoon. Do you know where that reference comes from? I assumed Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. No. There's actually kind of like two ideas behind it. So the Greek and Romans talk about when the star Sirius, why so serious, and the sun. Why so serious black, am I right? 
when they sort of, I guess, join up or at the same time, their heat equals the hottest days. And the Greeks and Romans predicted that this would bring on fever or catastrophe. And that's kind of what happens is everything kind of turns into a catastrophe. So one, we have a reference to the hottest day because it happens in the summertime on one of the hottest days of the summer, the whole bank robbery in the movie, but also catastrophe because it ends badly. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, stars are always fascinating, how people use them to determine their life choices in the future. Astrology. Astronomy. Astrology is when you use the stars. Astrog to TV. Yeah. Astronomy is the scientific study of the stars. Astronomy. Astronomy. <laughs> so Bob Day Afternoon is obviously a reference to the movie. Uh, it aired on March 18th, 2012. It was directed by Wesley Archer, who is a director that we saw in the first season a couple of times. And it was written by Rich Rinaldi and Dan Feibel. It has an average IMDb rating of 8.6 and had 4.4 million viewers. Going strong. Yep. It is the first appearance of four characters that we will see again. Because I don't think the Hummer guy comes back. Not yet, anyway. (laughs) So it is the first appearance of Sergeant Bosco. One of our favorite characters. He is cool as hell. He actually is pretty heavily featured in the Bob's Burgers movie. He sure is. He is voiced by none other than Gary Cole, who people might recognize from Office Space. Oh. And the, yeah, I need you to come in Saturday meme. He's the boss. He's the boss. He's also Ricky Bobby's dad in one of my favorite movies, Talladega Nights. Nice. And he's also Sheriff Buck in one of my favorite TV shows, American Gothic. Oh. Uh, he's also in Veep. He's in a lot of things. He's a great character actor. Then we have the first appearance of Mickey, who is the bank robber. He is voiced by none other than Bill Hader, which is a pretty big pull if you ask me. Bill Hader. More like Bill Lover, because he's the best. <laughs> Bill Hader is pretty great. People will know Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live because he was a longtime cast member. He was also recently in the new incarnation of It in the second movie. And I think most famously, he's known for his show Barry, which is actually one of my favorite TV shows where he is a soldier coming back from a war and basically becomes an assassin for hire and decides that he wants to be an actor instead. And hijinks ensue. I feel like you made me watch that, or I've watched it with you at some point. You probably watched it while I was watching it, because when a new season comes out, I gobble that shit up. Um, nom, 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 Just like a burger of the day. Not this burger. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers! It is also the first appearance of Olsen Benner, who is the news reporter, voiced by Pamela Aiden, who's known as Bobby from King of the Hill. Really? Yeah. And also, for Recess fans, she's Spinelli. Really? Yeah. She does get recast later on in the movie. She is voiced by one of my favorite comedians, Nicole Byer, who is in Nailed It. Nailed It. She's the host of Nailed It. And also, in one of my favorite roles, she's Trudy Judy. From Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Trudy Judy! Trudy Judy! And lastly, it is the first appearance of Mr. Dowling, who is the bank manager, who is voiced by Craig Anton, who was on Mad TV. Maybe I should have put him at the beginning. I feel like I gave Craig Anton a bad rap. So I'm like, star, 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 Mad TV. Mad TV was okay. Well, there's also Mickey's partner who is on the phone. Rodney? Rodney. Who does the voice of Rodney? The same guy who does the stabby robot from Futurama. Yeah. That's amazing. 
Do we see Rodney again, though? I don't think we've seen Rodney since. Well, that's why it's not. First appearances only matter if we see them again. Because it's first and last, then. Otherwise, we would do Hummer Guy. Although, I do think that's an excellent fact. Because Stabby Guy from Futurama is one of my favorite characters. Because that's the robot gang, right? Uh, that, no. That's oh. Mr. Clamps. No, no, it's uh the one that Bender goes to insane robot insane asylum with that one time. <laughs> yeah, that's good, too. All right, synopsis. A bank robber holds up the bank across the street from Bob's restaurant. And when the robbery goes awry, Bob finds himself at the center of a hostage crisis. Bum, bum, bum. You know, that's way more accurate than the synopsis that Disney Plus gave me. Bob seizes a marketing opportunity. Is that really what it says? <laughs> that's all it says. That is wildly inaccurate. I mean, kind of. Yeah, but it, he doesn't make any money from it. He seizes the opportunity, though. Also, he makes for, money off of coffees. For Rocketfish Burgers? Yep. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll Spoiler. Get to, spoilers! Incoming. Rocketfish. Let's talk about the jokes. So the opening gags we have here. The store next door is Hannibal's Dead Animals Taxidermy, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, it's a good reference to Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Good, good cover for his people taxidermy. And the extermination van was the Pest Pesterer, which I think we've seen before. Um, it sounds super familiar to me. It wouldn't be from season one. Because mm. season one, the entire season is Rats All Folks. So what was last episode? Rats All Folks. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. Oh, no. First episode is the two pervy white men. It's whatever, Lester the King, whatever. Lester the King, whatever? <laughs> I don't know. What are you talking Lester about? Lester the Molester. Because it's the Uncle Craig's breast exams or whatever. <laughs> Remember breast pumps? <laughs> I know I'm right. And then it has, a king, it has a rat with a cat on it. And we talked about rat kings, which were terrifying. Dan Lerman, King of Vermin. Yep. And what is the breast pump? Uncle Marty's breast pumps. Yeah, see? It's two weird, creepy old men. All right, so my brain just decided that it sounded familiar for no reason. It might come up again. You don't know that. Rats All Folks has spoiled your brain. It sure has. Too much screaming, I bet. Yeah, probably. All that screaming. Yeah, those are pretty good jokes. Pretty good jokes overall. Do you want to talk about the episode? I sure do. All right, let's talk about the episode. We open up in the inside of the house. They're eating breakfast, I believe. They're eating something. Bob is talking about how he owes the bank money, and he's prepping to go in and talk to them about the loans. He is very confident about that. Yeah, I really like Linda is, if we don't get those loans, we're up a creek, screwed creek. And she loves those Malifors. Malifoys? Yep. Bob is asked by the kids to act out the speech. He does the, what does past do even mean it reminded me of very early school essay writing where you know you have to do your intro paragraph or like if you're in debate class and you need to have like a certain amount of words what is hypocrisy well the dictionary defines hypocrisy yeah yeah exactly you're rolling your eyes that's immediately what it made me think of it was like what does even past do mean well, the definition defines past due as... It definitely gave me high idiot thoughts. <laughs> okay, What yeah. is even time, man? 
Oh, man. Which Gene even says. He goes, brilliant. There's no such thing as time. Linda chimes in with, Gene was past due, and he came out fine. And he goes, I wish I was still in there. Let me in. Let me back in. And starts, like, scrambling under the table. Oh, my God. To climb back into her vagina. Yep. I like that she calls out to Bob, this is your son. Look what your son is doing. Yeah. It gave me Lion King vibes. It was like, uh, before sunrise, he's your son. <laughs> Louise says that there's no backsies. Yep. And Jean says, which I think is a great line, you can't put the candy back in mom's wrapper. Yeah. Tina jumps on in and says that she has a savings account and thinks that will give her dad some pull. <sighs> I mean, I love Tina's solution-focused brain because she's always just trying to find an answer. And her answers are always stupid. But positive and trying to be helpful. Yes. And I don't mean stupid as in that she blurts things out like Jean does to be funny. It's just, there's no way that $87 is going to have pull at the bank. But I like that, she, like you said, she tries to be positive about it. Mm-hmm. It's nice. And Bob goes, I got this covered. And we immediately cut to Mr. Dowling, the bank manager. And the first line he says is, no. You didn't even give him a chance to go through his speech. Or we were just saved the speech. Yeah. I think the what even is past due is enough for my mind, ears, and eyes. And Bob tries to argue and saying that his credit score is on the low side. Like, he knows my credit score is on the low side. Mr. Telling says it is the low side. It's an inside joke around here, which again really just speaks to how much money they don't make. I guess it would help that it's an inside joke because Bob is right across the street from the bank. Yeah. So they can look over and chuckle as Bob's burgers. Ha! <laughs> Low credit score. Bah! And other such banking terms. Yeah. <laughs> look at this guy. His RSPs are nothing. Interest. <laughs> deposit. Savings account. My interest in Bob's burgers is super low. Insufficient funds. Yep. Check. <laughs> Checkmate. I would say that it could be an inside joke because most businesses at the end of the day, you have to drop money off at the bank, right? But Bob makes no money, so he doesn't need to do that. So how do they even know him unless he's coming in and asking for loans? And like, then how often is he coming in asking for loans? Apparently a lot. Well, I mean, it is plural. I need to restructure our loans. Yeah, right? So there's this awkward back and forth between Bob and Mr. Dowling. Before (laughs) Mr. Dowling says, I have to take this call and fix up a piece of paper. Oh my god. That was so dumb. (laughs) He must have such a low opinion of Bob. Just... Just any sort of desperate attempt to get the conversation over. I mean, at least pick up a stapler or a calculator so at least kind of looks like a phone. Yeah, that's true. It definitely looked like for, he just, he was trying. He was trying. You don't have your cell phone? Who doesn't have their cell phone on their desk? Probably bank people. I feel like they probably can't even take their phones to work. Oh yeah, that's probably because all the security and stuff. Yeah. All right, Mr. Dowling, you win, Mr. Mr. Piece of Paper. I mean, when did banks get so corporate? It's not all about the money, you know. Banks used to be about family, like Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the cardboard cutout, the bank is always on your side. Ha! I'll make a scene! And he flicks the cardboard. Flicks it? He judo chops that thing basically straight in half. Yeah, <laughs> he does not. He, like, it wobbles slightly. He brazils that thing. <laughs> Brazil. And then he tries very desperately to like fix it because he knows that he shouldn't have done that. And there's the woman who later becomes one of the hostages and Mr. Fron. And Mr. Fron does like a very dramatic like, 
Clutch my pearls. Yeah. He also lets Mickey in very politely. Yeah, he holds the door. He t- holds the door open for Mickey as he walks out. I love that he tried to fix the cardboard cutout. Didn't want to knock it over because he didn't want to be that guy. Because he still has to work with the bank. So the thing that I'd written down was that he can't even be a Karen right. <laughs> the only thing Bob is really good at doing is making hamburgers. And almost getting hit by Hummers. And almost getting hit by... <laughs> Hummers. Get a car, idiot. It's like, what am I, like, it's like, it's such a stupid insult. But also at the same time is 100% what I would imagine an asshole driving a Hummer would say. Also, gotta check on my money. He sounds like the kind of guy who get a whole bunch of singles and just sleep on it. Yeah. Or like get a bunch of singles and wrap like a $50 bill around them and make it look like he has a whole bunch of money. And then we go to the restaurant and we hear the sirens as Bob comes back in and Linda goes, what did you do? And Bob goes, I punched a cardboard cutout guy. She's like, oh no. And I love how for a moment, the two of them actually think the police were called because he assaulted a cardboard cutout. He, he tries to backtrack. I didn't even punch it. I just flicked, flicked it a little. It, flicked it a little bit. And then the kids are outside and Louise, this is kind of like the second piece of the story. Louise is talking about how she has to write an essay for English class about someone who's important to me. <laughs> And one of my favorite lines, because I really didn't expect it, was Tina says, for me, it's the guy who flies the helicopter on The Bachelor. (laughs) Oh my god, that was so good. It's just such a good line. Such a good line. Uh, Tina would love The Bachelor. Yeah, it's all about romance. It's all, yeah. Drama, romance. I gotta imagine that at least, if not every season, every other season, there has to be some sort of horseback riding event. Probably on the beach. Do you think she takes tips from that to learn how to romance Jimmy Jr.? Oh, God. I mean, probably. I mean, she tried to learn from a sewer book recently. (laughs) A sewer book. Jean says, look at all those police. Good time for me to be stuck in that tree again. I also thought was very cute. We see the street being closed off. (laughs) My favorite line of the whole episode. The news van shows up and Jean yells out, Channel 6 News, they'll finger anything with a pulse. I'm pretty sure they're saying is their finger is on the pulse. He's like, no, that's not right. That's not right. (laughs) And then Sergeant Bosco shows up. Yeah, we see a SWAT team. And he starts fingering them right now. Tina says, that guy's important. You can tell by the way he points. And Jean says, he's fingering right at us. And of course, it's Sergeant Bosco. Who comes in and takes over the restaurant. Bob and Linda are super excited because they think it means they're going to be on television. Mm -hmm. Which, maybe. It's like the secret setup base where they have the radio and stuff. And I imagine the extra cops, like, waiting. Like in Invincible when they were monitoring Omni-Man's house. Yeah, pretty much. That doesn't sound like exciting footage. But, you know, hey, at least they can keep track of the coffee and hopefully charge them a lot. Do you remember how much the coffee is on the board? No. Five bucks, I bet. They crank up the price as soon as the cops <laughs> Today. Show. Today it's five dollars. Uh, cop special, five dollars. Uh, one of the walkie-talkies chimes in and says that the sniper's in position on the roof. And Linda, which reminded me my mom so much, says, That's embarrassing. The gutters are a mess. <laughs> 
Oh my god. I was listening to a thing recently that we were talking about how drone footage is ruining movies and television, especially reality TV. Because so often when you see drone footage going over a building, buildings aren't supposed to be seen from that angle, so the roof is always faded and terrible, and usually there's a guy who's like controlling the drone, sitting in a corner who gets caught in the shot, even though he's not supposed to be, as it's like flying over a thing and then it's supposed to go like into the house and take a view of The Bachelors. Oh. Yeah, it ruins the fantasy. Yeah, it was just, it was a dumb thing that I was listening to. On what? What podcast? Probably one of the comedy ones where they just get really off the rails on nonsense topics. Yeah, okay. Louise offers to donate a piece of chalk to Sergeant Bosco for outlining the bodies. Tina asks if her money's safe. Bosco asks, why are the kids here? The phone is connected to the bank, which is like the hard line. Mm -hmm. Bosco picks up the phone and goes, who's breathing in on my line? And Jean says, all I know, I was just talking to Ken, and now I'm on hold at the bank. Ken is, of course, his hip-hop, dancing, albino friend. 24-year-old? Yep. Friend? His 24-year-old albino friend who does improvised hip-hop. Improvised hip-hop, that's it, not hip-hop <laughs> dancing. We get the, that's hip-hop, later. Yep. In, in about 14 years. Get ready get, for that, listeners. You'll get, that's hip-hop. Uh, do you remember how many people are taken hostage? Seven. Eight. Dang it. I was one off. Eight people. And uh, Mickey says over the phone, we get introduced to Mickey without seeing him as known to be the robber. We see him when he walks in the bank. We don't know he's the robber at that point. He is carrying a money sack. He's carrying a duffel bag. <laughs> you carry duffel bags. I do not. That would imply that I go to the gym. <laughs> Use it for D&D stuff. Well, uh, I believe that is high-end luggage made from human skin. Thank you very much. All right, Hannibal... What was it? Hannibal's... Hannibal's... Animals... Hannibal's ta taxidermied animals? Yep. Or the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. One of the McPoyles? Nope. One of the main crew. Dennis. Oh, yeah, Dennis. Oh. He has, he has a flips out and threatens to make people into high-end luggage. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he threatens <laughs> D when they go to the psychiatrist to try and get medication. Yep. And they're talking about how they're going to do it. And then D's like, I can do this. I'm an actress. And then tries to do all of these different voices. And Dennis just loses his mind. Can't wait till that new season starts. I love Unhinged Dennis. So Mickey says that he wants pizza. Bob, obviously upset. Particularly mm -hmm. when they say, hey, there's an Italian place across the street. I hear that place is pretty good. And of course we're talking about Jimmy Pesto's. Pepperon, no, he didn't. Pepperon, no, he didn't. Pesto comes over, comes across with the pizzas decked out in uh, Pesto pizzeria. and Mad merch. Merch, like he had the hat on and a shirt and carrying the pizza. And he goes, host this ends pizza-fully. Uh, you know that he had just like a, a go bag of, we're on TV, yeah. let's go. Like, this is my on TV, we have a very nice shiny pizza box to put on the camera we have the hats and the whatever like this wasn't just crap grab some stuff throw it on let's go it's i am ready i'm prepared for this day whenever it happens it's like this is why i bought a place next to a bank <laughs> it's like his wife's about to her with the wife's water broke yep and he's got the pregnancy go bag yep or zombie apocalypse bag oh yeah emer yeah the emergency zombie bag or your well, emergency car kit exactly less funny but yes I mean, there's some funny stuff in there. Bob ten, it, Bob gets more and more upset. Um, the pizza is delivered by robots. One of those cool little, like, bomb robots. Mm -hmm. Although it really just looks like an RC car with a shelf on it. Yeah, they make them look really cool in movies, but they're really not. They look like really dumb battle bots. Not even the cool <laughs> ones. And, not uh, even Jackhammer. Not Jack. 
the mud flap. <laughs> Spinning razor devil. Chaos demon. <laughs> the incronkable honk. <laughs> because of copyright reasons. Pie in your face. And it's a pie symbol. Yep. Or that one that splits into three mini robots. Tony the Tigra. <laughs> Tony the triplet. Because of the copyright. Yep. Sploperman. It's Sploperman. And he has one of the shelves. Yep. I mean, that's what most of the robots end up having. Because if you flip another bot, that bot is donezo. Also, the ones that shoot fire are cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's usually a spinning one that tries to flip you. Or one that has, like, the big arm spike. So it can right itself. Yeah. Sherman the Tank! That's the name of our robot vacuum. Yep. <laughs> Gene asks the guy, how does he get into robot driving? Do you go to robot college? And we go to my favorite scene in the whole episode. The best cutaway gag. Which is we fall into a gene to see, which is like a fantasy, but starring Gene. <laughs> a day gene. A day gene. Oh, day gene's good. And uh, we see him on the campus at robot college outside of a fraternity house. There's a bunch of robots drinking. Gene asks another robot to give him his key. The robot goes, I'm fine. I only have to drive 0.37 miles. Chillax. And then there is a another cut to them streaking. It's Gene and two robots. <sighs> Gene is very clearly naked. And my favorite is the robot next to him has one of those running banners. And it just says a streaking mode. <laughs> He's like, are you sure you guys are naked? Well, if it helps, the, the robot that he's hanging with has uh, bolted on nips. It's true, yeah. Totally. Uh, and then there's the scene where they find the robot masturbating. Ro robot turbating. Checking on. Checking on. I like the scene because of the details. On the bed is an oil can, and in front of them is, <laughs> on the wall, is a photo of a fax machine, like it's an office fax machine. That fax machine is built. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can take three reams of paper. <laughs> wow! There are lots of slots you can fit paper in. <laughs> Take a photocopy of my butt and staple it to the front. Woohoo! That was like my one of my favorite details is like because it's obviously like a sexy lady. It's the Maxim lady post Maxim poster. I do like that in cartoons when they are talking about robots and robots are showing what they're into. Like in Futurama they did that a lot. It was usually schematics or blueprints for things, which was very funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The robot looks over and goes, Oh, I was just performing routine maintenance. Doesn't anyone knock? Jeez. <laughs> the guy bursts his bubble and says there's no such thing as robot college. And ever the positive little munchkin, Gene says, not yet. Not yet. Maybe that's what he's going to invent. Ooh. There's a whole myriad of gunfire. Mm -hmm. And you can even see it cuts to the bank and you can even see like the flicker of the light. And it cuts to Mr. Fish Odor. <laughs> Finally, some gunplay. Down in front. <laughs> And he's sitting in a beach chair. Yep. Again, details. Details are what kill the jokes. He's like lounging in one of those like camping beach chair types. And he has a Mickey of alcohol with him. Oh, I thought he was sipping a pesto colada. No, he has a, he has a Mickey because it's like silver colored. Oh, and yeah. inside of it is a bendy straw. <laughs> It's very, very good. All of the pizzas boxes are thrown out and they're just riddled with holes. And you hear Mickey because <laughs> he sticks his head out the door and goes, the worst pizza ever. Jimmy Pesto's is crap. And finally, Bob is victorious. I mean, kind of. He can bask in his own crapulence. Crapulence? 
So Boss goes back on the phone with Mickey and says, sorry about the pizza, what do you want? And this is what I thought was going to be a trivia question, and it was not. Do you remember the non-burger suggestions? I remember some sort of Malaysian cuisine. <laughs> That's Gene, yeah. Uh, hot dogs, I want to say. No, close. Uh, pizza pockets. Uh, you've gotten the first and last part. Hot pockets. Yes. Tina, I mean, Louise suggests hot pockets. Bosco suggests Chinese food. And Tina, do you know what Tina says? No. Not that frozen yogurt. Oh. And in the background, you just hear Bob saying, burgers, 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 burgers. <laughs> and Bosco finally says, burgers? Uh, burgers. Uh, so Bob ends up taking the order. Another great joke in this episode I really like is Mickey is in one of the like office chairs in the bank and all of the hostages are kind of in front of him. He's obviously holding the gun in one hand and has the phone cradled to his other ear. Bob is asking him, do you want cheese on the burger? And so Mickey goes, who wants cheese? And he uses the gun to point at everybody and they obviously put their hands up because the gun's being pointed at them. He's like, yeah, they all want cheese. <laughs> Great joke. Great, 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 great joke. Oh my god, so much good visual stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mickey, obviously with the cops listening, goes, who needs scumbag cops, am I right? Wow. Yeah, he just lays into it. Who needs those scumbag cops with their scrunched up faces and stupid arms? <laughs> and Bob is trying so hard not to agree and make the cops mad. <laughs> He's trying to stay like the happy guy in the middle. He's trying to stay cool. Trying to be the cool guy. He's the only one that's cool. Bob gets strapped into a vest and he goes over to take the food as per Mickey's request. Everyone kind of starts to freak out. Oh, Jean says you might get popped. I'm ready to be the man of this family. Tina says, I'm ready to call you dad, Jean. Linda goes, no one is calling Jean dad. And Jean goes, Jean dad! Is that a premonition of things to come? Of Jean dad becoming a thing? Yeah. He does, doesn't he? Does yeah. he have to take care of a bag of flour or something? Also, he has a, an existential crisis and becomes mini Bob. <laughs> Such a good episode. That's like the imposter syndrome meme when you feel like you have imposter syndrome and it's Gene dressed up as Bob. Uh, speaking of the cool, hot and cool, Boss goes, he's hot. You're cool. Hot, cool. What are you? Bob goes, the guy with the hamburgers. <laughs> It's like the, what's your name? Homer Simpson. <laughs> when I stamp on your foot. I think he's talking to you. I think he's talking to you. When I say hello, Mr. Johnson, and stamp on your foot, you say hello. Hello, Mr. Johnson. I think he's talking to you. That's what it made me think of. And Bob's all decked out in bulletproof vest and yeah, all that. Yeah, he's got a bulletproof vest on. The family is incredibly sad that he's going. Well, at first they're just like making jokes about, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be the, the dad of the house. I'm okay to be the man of the house. Oh, I'm ready to call you dad. And as soon as he's seriously about to leave, everyone just... <laughs> Glomps on him. Glomps. Wow. Do kids say that these days? I'm not a kid. I'm a 40-year-old woman. You don't look a day over 21. Louise says, if you die, I'll have to write my report on Gene Dad. No, if you die, I'll write it on you. Gene starts screaming that he has too many unanswered questions. I don't know what sex is. I don't believe that. <sighs> yeah. Gene has made too many very clear sexual jokes to not know what sex is. Yeah, he's he's looked up too much stuff on the internet. He is a Google Meister. <laughs> His Google foo is almost as strong as mine. Bob realizes as he's about to walk out the door that there are no lo logos on the bag and that's what the TV is going to see. Tina's like, I'm on it! And draws a doodle. And Bob goes, why did you draw a rocket? And she goes, it's not a rocket, it's a fish. And he goes, why a fish? 
It's easy to draw. Bob goes, so is hamburger. So is my name. <laughs> Jean goes, it looks like a Jesus fish. Preachy. And then we see, very, very briefly, we see Edith Cranwinkle from Reflections. And from the art crawl episode outside, and she goes, it looks like a huge misshapen penis. You know, I loved it when the kids were, like, grabbing onto Bob, and Bosco was just getting more and more frustrated, and just, like, megaphones, Bob, let's go! <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, Linda's really sad, too. Bob says that it's not a rocket or a penis, and Edith says it's a penis. Bob crosses the street. What would you put for a Bob's Burgers logo? I'd write Bob's Burgers on it. That's fair. I'd go burger with a mustache. Oh, burger with a mustache is good. But that might indicate that there's hair in the food. Hmm? Hmm? No, I'd stick with it. It's too fun. Yeah, too. burger with a mustache is good because he's known for his mustache. Mm-hmm. So once he crosses the street, Mickey goes, what are they saying about me? Bob says that you're hot. Mickey says, like Vin Diesel hot? Bob says, no, hot tempered. Mickey says, hot guy with a bad temper. And then there's a gunshot, and Bob runs inside. And drops the burgers. Drops the burgers. Inside the restaurant, you hear someone say, Fatty got in the way, which is apparently Bob's code name. Yeah, bit of an indictment of American policing, eh? Just a little trigger happy? Uh, yeah, yep. 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 Uh, Mickey threatens to shoot a hostage. Bosco basically says, go ahead and shoot a hostage. To which Mickey replies, maybe I will. And then Bob chimes in and says, you guys are trigger happy. Bosco goes, we are not. And then someone shoots the cardboard cutout in the head. And uh, Bob says, R2. Come on. He's hot. We're cool. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Someone just got a little hot. He's hot. We're cool. Remember? <laughs> We're cool. Just We just shoot sometimes, Bosco says. <laughs> just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Bob asks mickey to let him go he goes if i let you go everyone else will want to go it's the domino effect so now bob is a hostage he's a bobstage <laughs> uh mr dowling asks where the burgers are because his blood sugar is low and as you mentioned bob has left him outside <laughs> and the best response to them being left outside is it cuts back and it shows the street and it shows the bag and the roller skate guy drives like rolls past Grabs a bag and he's like, all right, drive through. And then continues <laughs> on his way. Just like, chef kiss. Oh, he's living my dream life. Yeah. Well, he comes back later and totally gets the cops. It's good. He burns them real good. <laughs> the female hostage says, that was going to be my red meat for the week. What am I going to do for protein? And Hummer idiot or Hummer guy says, I got a protein bar in my pocket. You can fish out. <laughs> what is he, 13? Yeah. Well, mentally. Hmm. Hasn't gotten any older since he got a Hummer at 13. <laughs> His daddy probably bought it for him. Then we have the Fraun versus Bob scene where they finally realize that they're trapped together. Yeah. Bob says that we hate each other and Fraun looks vaguely offended. Yeah, Fraun just says we don't agree on things. Bob just flat out, we hate each other. <laughs> Mr. Fraun realizes that Bob hates him. Louise wants to talk to Mickey on the phone. She thinks he'll be a good topic for the essay. She says this is Bob's youngest, and Mickey is charmed by the fact that she wants to talk to her dad <laughs> and that she works in the restaurant. And Bob's like, no, no, it's more about not paying regular. And Mickey interrupts and goes, whatever. I do like that he pops up with this talking to kids voice. Do you want to talk to your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, every time Bosco tries to grab the phone from Louise, she starts screaming, that's my daddy in and there. That's my daddy in there. 
So some of the questions that she asks Mickey, how did you get into bank robbing? Me and my buddy fell into it. I had a gun and we needed money. Bosco and Louise get into it again. She again screams, it's my daddy. <laughs> and so uh, Mickey says, put the girl on the phone or I shoot somebody. And so then Bosco pretends to be Louise. <laughs> I like that he dips off of screen for a second yeah. to try and do the voice. Hello, hello, hello. Does it sound anything like Louise? Louise no. has a very distinct voice. He gets a real bad little girl voice. Uh, and then Linda gets on the phone and Mickey tries to flirt with her. Tina is worried about her money and says uh, that it's $87. And Mickey's like, I heard $200. Oh, and I just withdrew it. For peace of mind. For peace of mind, yeah. That is a 230% interest rate. Oh, that's some nice math. And I guess percentage is also another bank term. Yep. Dollar bills. <laughs> Change. Dividend. Dividend. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line. Kaching. Brass tax. Pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Those don't exist anymore. Nickels. There we go. Dimes. Yo. Five dollar bills. Woo. Looney. Toony. I don't think our American listeners know what that is. That's a dollar and two dollar bill. Or I guess we have them in the coin forms. The robot delivers the money to Tina, which I thought was very cute. Gene seems to have the controller, so I guess he's gone to robot college and learned how to be a robot driver. It wasn't the robot. It was a remote control car. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was a little blue and re yellow remote control car. Uh, Bosco calls Bob, asks what Mickey is doing, and he's playing bank teller. <laughs> so Bos Bosco says that Bob has to be his inside guy. And in one hour, he has to hit the deck. And then they argue about the Navy. Yeah, that, that was a little bit odd. I don't want to talk about my military service right now. Well, I mean, he's probably got PTSD. Oh, yeah. Do you think he worked with Teddy in the Navy? That would be funny. I would enjoy that a great deal. Mickey calls out to Bob to come and play banker and asks him if he's got a 50. And Bob's like, I got a five. Let's break it. And then he counts up five singles. Yep. And you can tell Mickey's just enjoying himself immensely. Everyone's paying attention to him because he has a gun and it's fine. Yep. Uh, Linda gets interviewed. She makes a plea. You know, Bobby, if you come out there alive, you can do anything you want. I'll do, I'll do anything you want. Except that one thing. Except that one thing. And then Teddy kind of comes into the camera and goes, us too, anything. And then Mort cuts in and goes, most things. <laughs> <laughs> Most things, Bobby. Uh, Bobby suggests that Mickey turns himself in. Frond announces that he's a self-certified counselor, which makes sense and gives me some peace of mind. Because that's how counselors work. You don't have to go to school for it. You can just self-certify yourself. Yeah. Nice. So he's counselor Frond. No HD. <laughs> Self-HD. <laughs> so Frond basically breaks down, and I can't relate to that in any which way right now, and goes, what's your plan? And Mickey says, I have no plan. This is the first time I've done it without Rodney. Hummer guy goes, well, Rodney was the brains and you were obviously the dead weight. Frond freaks out and goes, without Rodney, you stupid idiot. As <laughs> if everyone knows suddenly who Rodney is. Do you think they're assuming Rodney Dangerfield? Take my bank, please. <laughs> no respect at this bank. No respect at this bank. Bob is cool. Like, he says he's going to be cool, even though he's the hamburger guy. <laughs> he tries to calm Mickey down. He's protective of Mickey. Mickey talks about how stupid he is, and he's nothing without Rodney. Hitting yourself in the face with a gun is not smart. Also probably hurts. Guns are, like, pretty heavy. Yeah. But mostly not smart. Well, I mean, they have safeties. 
Do you think Mickey put a safety on? Probably not. Louise calls to talk to uh, Mickey and asks him what is the nuttiest thing he stole. And then Linda chimes in. And I love the scene because it just keeps cutting people in like in the Brady Bunch. Like, you know, the little windows. Linda calls in. Everything's on the table, including the table. And I then, bet that would go on the table. <laughs> and then it would probably break. And then Jean <laughs> calls in and goes, oh, I remember I have a bank account there, too. And a safety deposit box. I think I have about a thousand dollars in there and a whole lot of valuables in the safety deposit box. I'm sending in the robot. What a little, like... Wow. He's, he's taking advantage of the situation he's, now. She's trying. And then Bosco cuts in and goes, how many extensions? And then Tina cuts in and says, four. <laughs> it's good. I just like all like the splicing in of the people. It's pretty good. It's a nice way to get everyone included when everyone's like very separate in the episode. Bob tells Mickey to release the hostages, leave the money, and give yourself up. And to which Mr. Dowling says, that's almost as good as your past due argument. Ugh. Whose side is he on? The side of the bank. Where clearly you are not a family. Like Olive Garden. Like Olive Garden. This episode is sponsored by Olive Garden. Olive Garden? Call us. Let's make a deal. We are always family. Unlimited breadsticks. And the pasta is pretty good. It's pasta. Pasta! You ever see those unlimited pasta passes? Yeah. Where it's like free pasta for a year? Yeah. I want to get one of those. I don't think they sell them anymore. They usually release like a limited amount of them. Yeah. One of these days. One of these days, Kim. One of these days. Pow! Zoom! Straight to the moon on a pasta rocket. I think there's only one in the lower mainland. Mickey says he wants to talk to Rodney. So they call the Second Horizon Halfway House. Mickey tells Rodney that he's botched a job and there's cops everywhere. And Rodney says, are they listening? Mickey says, yeah, but I'm whispering. (laughs) 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 To which Bosco chimes in. We can't hear anything. Go ahead. (laughs) It's so stupid. And then Louise chimes in and goes, what's the first thing? What's the first thing you'd steal after getting all that money? I I love me a Cadbury egg. Whatever you're up to, count me out. I mean, he's in a halfway house for people who don't know. Halfway houses are usually the places that people go when they have uh, released from incarceration. It's usually where they go while they're on probation. It's basically just a house they share with a bunch of other people. It's like prison light. Like a rehab deal? Well, it's not really rehabilitation because it's like just lodgings. But it's a lodging, like an address where a PO can go and look for them. And I think there's like 24-hour staff. Mm. <clears throat> Societal rehabilitation. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you watch Shawshank, no. Well, he was too smelly to get rehab. No, the, the poor old guy who hangs himself. Oh, I thought you meant the guy who crawled through the sewer. Andy? Sure. He doesn't get rehab. He doesn't go to a halfway house. He exactly. breaks out of the he prison couldn't. and takes the money and lives the best life of his life. Because he was too smelly to go to rehab. Yeah, he smelled like shit. I mean, he was an accountant. Oh. And that's how he screwed over the prison. That's weird that they didn't make him give back the money when he went to jail. What money? That he got and lived his best life. Have you seen this movie? I think so. The money is hidden by a tree on a pathway. Mm. Buried in like a tin box of some sort. Like a lunchbox. That sounds familiar. It's weird that the bank didn't make him give it back. How would they make him give it back if it's out of... Unlike you, Bob comforts Mickey, and Frond is, like, losing it. So this is obviously very clearly an example of how he's a self-certified counselor until uh, not actually a counselor who would defuse a situation. 
who would try and emotionally regulate people. Frond is totally dysregulated and goes, women and children should be released. And Bog goes, you're not a woman. And he goes, I would tuck my junk so fast. I mean, that's becoming normalized with the uh, RuPaul's Drag Races. That doesn't make you a woman. No, but the tucking aspect of things. Yeah. Do you know how they do the tucking? Uh, really just roll it up and jam it on in there with tape. Matt, like lots of uh, duct tape. Yep. A lot of tuck tape. <laughs> duct tape. <laughs> also... What would be the first thing you bought with all the money after you stole it? How much money? All of it. Bank money. Probably like, well, I'd have to go and deposit it somewhere because I'd want to buy stuff online. <laughs> I'm thinking about this too much. Uh, I'd probably buy myself a lightsaber. What about you? I would buy a Chinese food restaurant that I liked and just say, yeah, I eat for free here now and just <laughs> never leave. Okay. That's good. What's your favorite thing to order from a Chinese food restaurant? I'm going to say... Either beef with broccoli or barbecued pork fried rice. And just slather it in soy sauce. Is that, like, actually your favorite? Because you said, I'm gonna say. Doesn't mean that yep. it actually is your favorite. Well, I can't decide between the two. It is his favorite. I'm also a big fan of barbecued pork fried rice. What color lightsaber would you get? So there's a couple. I'm, like, low-key obsessed with lightsabers right now because, well, I'm obsessed with them a lot. Because I really like Star Wars now. I saw a really cool, like, Sailor Moon Transformation wand lightsaber on TikTok, which is really, really cool. Um, and then, I mean, if I had bank money, I would buy... Hello, Burger Dog! <laughs> um, if I had bank money, I would both buy Clone Wars, Ahsoka Tano, blue and green sabers, and then I would buy her Rebels white sabers. So I would probably just have, like, a wall of cool lightsabers. You probably get the Clone Wars ones first. I'm pretty okay with either. I think the Rebels ones look cooler, but you have to be Clone Wars Ahsoka Tano to become Rebels Ahsoka Tano. That's fair. And I think I like, <laughs> I think I like struggle Ahsoka. Poor Ahsoka Tano, man. Anyways, we can do a whole show about Clone Wars, and I'm very open to doing that. Okay. Because I love her. Or Bad Batch, or Rebels, or Mandalorian, or Ahsoka. Just start from Star Wars and work our way through? Not the movies. Non-movie Star Warses. Yeah, just animated. Mm. And then the things I like. <laughs> Non-mainline Star Wars. Yeah. Bob is the counselor. He play Honestly, he really... He does all the right counselory type of stuff with Mickey. He tells him to forget about Rodney... Mickey, how would you do it? What's Mickey's plan? And he goes, I don't make a lot of money selling burgers, but I do it on my terms. And Mr. Dowling, you can see as he says, I don't make a lot of money. Mr. Dowling in the background is mm -mm, shaking his head in the background. So he's diffusing, he's relating, and he's guiding the patient to the solution. Client. You don't use patient. Guiding the client to the solution? It's not trying to become a counselor. Go do eight years of school. I probably won't do that. And you can technically do it in six. Um, I'll do it in 12 by doing online correspondence courses. <laughs> Mickey says he's going to turn himself on, on my terms. One of his terms is that he's hungry and he wants a burger. And then we see this hilarious, like, like last episode we talked about rat kings. And so we see like a rat king of humans. They're all kind of linked together. And Mickey's in the middle. Oh, Mickey in the middle. Mickey in the middle. They just um, need a ball to throw across the top. <laughs> And there, he's inching closer towards uh, the restaurant. Mickey starts having like 
casual conversation with them. Maybe he's like come to terms with the idea. He's turning himself. What are you guys doing after this? Not that I can join you. And then he goes, oh, look, you guys are shoe twins. Oh, my God. The shoe twins got me real good. And then in the background, you can actually see the cops have also made the huddle of cops. Double huddle. Yeah. And they're kind of... It's like, they're kind of rotating towards each other, like almost orbiting each other. I get why you're in a huddle, but why are we in a huddle? <laughs> Linda is inside the restaurant and she goes, oh, good, he's almost home. And then she goes, oh, God, now I have to do that thing. And she goes, Bob, I'll trade you that thing for two things. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, the Hummer guy goes, hey, hey, that's my ride. Great ass mileage. And the hostage girl goes, how are you single? And he goes, I'm not. Uh, and she keys his car. Whoops. And uh, yeah, so they do this huddle thing. The huddle exchange. The huddle exchange. So um, the cops end up in the bank and they end up in the burger place? Yeah, they do a, the parent trap. They do that old switcheroni. <laughs> and this is where Louise asks uh, Mickey, what advice would you give someone? Stay in school. Who's your favorite hero? Superman. What do you pig out on? Uh, and he goes, chips when I'm feeling sad and chocolate when I'm feeling bad. Ooh. And I like that. Uh, and then they're in the restaurant and Mickey does this horrible thing because he gets the people to line up in front of the window. Smart. Smart. But then he keeps doing these fake outs where he's like, look out! And we're like, what? And he goes, <laughs> just kidding. No, wait! Ah! It's not cool. That's not cool. Yeah, I got that down as goofing around with a gun. Goofing around with a gun. He's just goofing. And then he's talking about how he's got a burger in one hand and a beer in the other. He's living the life. And he goes, this is how you go to jail. And then Bob adds, oh yeah, no one got hurt. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like the tertiary important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey talks about how Rodney got caught. He was running down the street and his pants fell down and the cops tackled him and everyone could see his butt on the news. He had his hands on his head and his ass in the breeze. It's like his pants had given up. Yep. And he goes, my pants stayed on. His brand new jeans. His brand new jeans. And then it cuts to the police. And if you remember, and the first time I watched it, I had totally forgotten about Bosco and Bob's argument about the you're my inside man and an hour I hit the deck. <laughs> and so the tear gas bomb goes off with the cops in the bank. Yep. Mr. Fish Odor is loving it. Yeah. Mr. Fish Odor is well done. That's the money shot. Goody. The roller skate guy comes back and goes, cops tear gas themselves. Love it. And then everybody gets tear gas. And then everyone gets tear gas. And people start puking. In the Hummer. In the Hummer. Not my sex UV. <laughs> uh, and while it's all smoky, Mickey says, now, hey, this is my chance to run. So, uh, oh, now's my chance. Mickey, okay. Now that everywhere is all smoky, Mickey announces, now is my chance. Sorry to eat and run. He goes, was that a cool line? It wasn't. And I thought it was. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. The, the asking if it was cool made it not cool. Definitely. But if he was like, sorry to eat and run, and did like a hair flip <laughs> and just started running, I'd be like, all right, you do you, bud. So he starts running. And he's like, it's like the slow motion run. You hear Louise like cheering him on. And as the cops start grabbing him, he yells, not the <laughs> uh mickey is of course arrested he's tackled to the ground and he's like bob you see my pants are up good job buddy good job buddy at least your pants are up uh linda says that bob you're a hero 
Oh yeah, everybody starts loving on Bob. Well, yeah, it's pretty short-lived. Like everything in Bob's Burgers, whenever there's a good turn, it's like Taffy. Set him up, knock him down, fake outs. You're, you're coming home with me, Taffy. No, we're not taking that dirty thing home. And then it's filled with gold. <laughs> well, so Bob is a hero. Mr. Dowling says, you really stepped up. Come by tomorrow and we'll talk about your loans. And then a dye pack goes off in his back pocket. And he thinks that uh, Mickey must have put it there. And you just hear uh, Mr. Dowling tisking. He goes, and then he goes, nope, and walks away. And then Gene starts tisking his dad. Louise says, didn't, didn't know you had it in you. And he goes, I didn't steal. And Linda goes, I believe you, kind of. <laughs> Here's the question. Do you think Bob took money? Because I watched it twice. And the second time I looked to see if there was a moment. I don't think Bob took money. Because A, Bob is clever enough to look for a dye pack. And B, he wouldn't put it in his back pocket. He would have stuffed it like in the, the bulletproof vest. Or like in a burger bag and taken it with him. Or in his junk. Yep. I don't know if Bob has ever seen enough money to know that there are dye packs. I'm just kidding. I'm sure he's seen a movie with it's a dye true. pack, it's right? True. They have dye packs in Banjo. Ah, yep. I'm just kidding. I'm sure there's bank robberies in Banjo. Banjo! Bank job! <laughs> good. That's good. I also don't think that he would have stolen it. Bob, Bob's not kind of not, not that kind of guy. He'd think about it. Pesto would. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the difference. Bob definitely thought about, thought about it. I'm here, why not? But knew not to. I think that maybe he didn't even, wouldn't even have time to think about it because he's busy like dealing with the cops and dealing with all this stuff. Like, there wasn't even a time where he was near money. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, he played bank with uh, Mickey. He got a $5 bill change. <laughs> yeah, but he was close enough around the... There's time... I, I think, guess, yeah. You know, there's times where he probably could have. That's but, fair. And I'm sure it... Cro and by think about it, I mean it crossed his mind. Like, I could just take money, right? But, you know, again, his, like, core values comes out, and he's just not that type of guy. Mm-hmm. Not that kind of type of guy. And so we cut away to two weeks later. We see Linda say, hey, Bob, go negotiate some tomatoes out of the walk-in. <laughs> Great line. And Bob goes, it's been two weeks. Can we stop with the hostage jokes? And then Mickey calls. And he says, jail is horrible. No shit, Sherlock. Um, Linda says, ask if he got the books on tape we sent him. <laughs> Gene says, ask him what he would do for a pack of smokes. Tina asks, does anyone in there need a pen pal? I mean, that, that used to be a thing, right? People write to people in prison. Oh, people like, still do. I, I'm pretty sure that was like a high school project. Write to somebody in prison and get to know about them and write a report about their life oh, or something. I, I was thinking of like desperate women because like we saw it in She-Hulk, right? He had, uh, was it like seven eight wives, wives seven yeah. wives that he all met by writing to him in prison and mm -hmm. they joined his weird little cult. His seven soulmates. His seven soulmates. Um... The, and so since he's in jail, the only thing important to Mickey is what Louise got on her essay. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> Bob asks and Louise says, oh, I never actually turned it in. <laughs> oh, my God. That's probably the best fake out in the whole thing. Yeah. And Bob goes, she got an A. Bob wants to give Mickey a little bit of sunshine and says, she got an A. And then Nikki cheers, we got an A, and everyone in the jail, like, hurrahs. Yeah, that was pretty great. Awesome. We got an A, everybody. Yay! Yay! And that's how the episode ends. And we see the end credits with the little RC car driving around the restaurant. Or the back 
kitchen of the restaurant. Until it drives into robot college and the robot friend was spending some time alone in his dorm. Oh, oh, oh. Yup. Yeah, yes. Rub my lug nuts. <laughs> Work my <that> shaft. <laughs> my coolant is leaking. Don't worry, baby. They all look like that. My fluids are about to spray. <laughs> no, that's not good. The pressure pump is building. I'm going to fill your tank, baby. Robot voice. <laughs> Oh, what's that? It's the trivia sound. Beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. Thank you for replicating the trivia sound. I appreciate that. You can just cut it out. <laughs> you cut it out. Cut it out. So anybody who's listened to us for any length of time knows that we do a trivia contest every season. And the winner last season was... Me by a lot. Yes, it sure was. So, this season I am trying for the gold, so I'm going to give you some extra hard questions. That's garbage. Oh yeah. And as anybody knows, our trivia is broken down into three questions every episode. One easy, one medium, one hard. Worth one, two, and three points respectively. It's your first time listening. We break down the questions into three. Easy questions worth one point. Medium questions worth two points. And the hard questions worth three. But apparently they're all going to be hard. <laughs> playing a lot of board games recently and can i just affectionately remind you of how much i don't like to lose and to follow up to that you live in the same house as me so if i lose the trivia you're living with it and pal i can make your life hell well let me ask you what do you like worse being trivia down to or losing well i mean last season you thought you were giving me hard questions and i clobbered you so like just mop the floor with you. You were just a bucket of dirty mop water. That doesn't answer my question. Would you prefer to me to trivia down to you? I feel like it doesn't matter because if I am amazing, you're just going to be like, oh yeah, well after you complained, I watered them down for you. And if I win, then you're going to be like, yeah, see, like, I blah, 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 blah. There's going to be something. Either way, there's going to be something. Probably. Something. Because you're just that guy that constantly complains about everything. Yep. That's a joke. He doesn't complain about anything. Most Much like Bob. The only time he ever complains about something is when he's making the burger of the day. <laughs> only when it's done or complicated. I, and P.S. guys, I hated making this. <laughs> it was awful. Okay, cool. But also, by the cookbook, this burger sucked. It was only the weird ones that are complicated and I hate it. I know, I'm just... Or when I forget to buy buns and have to go back. <laughs> That's the burger's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I all have to need a bun? Let's get wild. Anyway. <laughs> Any dang way. Any ding dongle dangle dangle way. Wingle. So, for anybody who's new, are you ready for the first question worth one point? No. Alrighty then. You want to banter a little more? No. Okay, you don't stop recording? Just call it here. <laughs> There's the episode. Job's done. <laughs> Job's done. For your first question, name the robot that Gene goes to college with. Seth. Nailed it. There's your first question done. One point for you. I thought the question was going to be, what are the robots doing at robot college? Is that not a question? Uh, maybe. 0.37 miles. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was just recalibrating my system. Doing routine maintenance? Come yeah. on. Come on. <laughs> and has a sexy fax machine poster in the background. Yep. For your second question, worth two points. There are three answers to this one. 
Oh, good. And how many do I need? All three for two points. So what if I get two? Then you get half points. So then I get one? Yep. So then which answer is worth one point? Two of them. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Well, I am the trivia master today. All right. More like trivia blaster. <laughs> Have confidence in yourself. Trivia toaster. Wow. Trivia. Are you just looking around the kitchen to find things to say that on the trivia of? How, how tired are you? <laughs> trivia multigrain Cheerios. Jeez. I just got some. I'm very excited. This is the last time I let you play Last of Us and then come and record. Yeah, at least we didn't watch Last of Us because apparently episode three is very sad. I've already watched Last of Us. It is so good. Yeah, it's so good. It made me go back to play the game for the first time. This is the first video game you've played in ages. Well, yeah, basically since we stopped playing Sea of Thieves. Which we should go back to. Anyway. Question number two. There are three answers. I need all three, all for three of points. them for two points. Yes. So that means technically they're all worth... 1.33 points. Yeah. That's wrong. One, no, it can't be... all worth 75 points. I mean, 75% of a it point. Can, it can be worth four points. Maybe. It can't even be 0.75. Because 75 plus 75 is $1.50. And then it would be two twenty-five. So it's like 63 cents. <laughs> Yep. They're so, worth 63 do you want the question or not? I, I, yeah, go for it. <laughs> what did people think Tina drew as a symbol on the burger bags? This is supposed to be hard? Yeah. Well, okay, so it's a fish, which is actually what she drew because drawing a fish is easy. Bob initially thought it was a rocket. Why did you draw a rocket? It's not. It's a fish because drawing a fish is easy. It looks like a Jesus fish. Preachy. And then our favorite, Edith Cranwinkle, thought it was a misshapen penis. Correct. That is two points for you. Should we take a break and take a look at the score? Just like they do on Taskmaster? It's not a rocket. It's a fish. It's a penis! Oh, Edith. You are schlong-obsessed. Schlong-a-sewer. Reflections. Reflections. And for the third question, there are five people in the bank who have any kind of description to them. Ignoring the ones that don't say anything or do anything. Name as many people in the bank that you can, or at least describe them. Like as many, okay. Well, there, I have five answers. Okay, well, there is Mickey, who is the criminal. Mm-hmm. There is Bob, mm-hmm. who's who is the burgermeister. Yep. Uh, there is the person that I have aff- affectionately called Hummer Guy in my notes. Uh, yep, I've got him as Hummer Idiot. Yeah, Hummer Idiot's good, too. Get a car, idiot! There okay. is Mr. Dowling, who is the bank guy. The guy that says no a lot and takes a phone call on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Last but not least is the self-certified counselor, Mr. Frond. Mm-hmm. And there's also the chick that Hummer guy flirts with, who there ends up keying his car. <laughs> Whoops. There you go. Three more points for you. Did you really think those were hard? They only had like a line each, so I thought maybe. She had lots of lines. Hummer guy had lots of lines too. She had, oh, red meat. Uh. She talked about the red meat and then, do you really have, do you really not have a girlfriend? And he goes, no, I do. And then she goes, whoops, and keys his car. And Hummer guy has, get a car, idiot. I have a protein bar in my pocket you can fish out. And then, oh, my sex UV. Wow, you have a better memory for this stuff than me. And because I'm feeling good about myself today. You're going to give me a bonus question? I have a bonus question for you. Are you ready? Sure. Are you ready? How many points do I get? (laughs) 0.75. No, I hate (laughs) 0.75s. Give me a point or don't. This could just be for funsies. Did I give you a bonus point last you week? You did, yes. Okay, then yeah, this isn't being nice. This is being fair. 
I can't tell if you're complaining or you're bragging. How many points do I get? One. Okay. 0.75 would be unfair because then no matter what, you're still below me. Well, until next week when you don't get all the questions, right? Probably. Okay. So, Mickey is getting turned in on his own terms, and Louise asks a bunch of questions. What are the answers that Mickey gives? Uh, stay in school, Superman, chips if I'm sad, and chocolate if I'm bad. Very good. There's an extra bonus point for you. So that ties us up at 7-7. She also asks him, why did you start robbing banks? And he goes, I had a gun and needed money. Yeah, but that wasn't uh, during that escape scene. She also asks Rodney what the first thing he bought with that money, and the answer is a Cadbury egg. Yep. Yeah, I was really prepared. It's my job to be prepared, and your job to be awesome and smart and funny. And be prepared. Yep. I'm like Scar, baby. Because you have to be prepared? Yeah. Ah, Because he literally sees the song called Be Prepared in The Lion King. <laughs> yes, but he's telling that to the hyenas. The hyenas have to be prepared. Yeah, because he already is. So you're is. not Scar, the, you're the because hyenas. Because he already is prepared. Uh, you're the hyenas. I'm telling you, bud, be prepared. I am definitely an Ed. Which is Cheech Marin, I think. Cheech Marin, Whoopi Goldberg, and I don't remember who the third hyena is. I think the third hyena is just random laughs. And that's Ed. That's the one I was talking about. Oh, the really, like, kooky one? Yep. You know no, me. I, I mean, someone does the laugh. But I don't think it's someone, like, actor famous. Because, okay, so Jeremy Irons does Scar. And Darth Vader does Mufasa. J- James Earl Jones. Can't believe I forgot his name. Jonathan Taylor Thomas does Simba. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the worst child actor of all time. I mean, he was like a heartthrob for a while. For like a minute. And then yeah, he went to a time and got his face ripped off. Look, I had a big crush on him, so it's fine. And then uh, Rowan Atkinson was Zazu. Really? Yeah, and then it was replaced by John Oliver in the new one. Apparently it had to be a British actor. Donald Glover does Simba in the new one. Beyonce does Nala. I think James Earl Jones still does Mufasa. Wait a minute, there's a new Lion King? Yeah, they did a live action version. A live action that's just CG. Oh. And Beyonce is Nala. And like you said, John Oliver from last week tonight is Zazu. Would you call that Lion King 4? Wouldn't it be 3? Are there two Lion King sequels? I mean, I don't care. To be fair, I, Lion King is probably like one of my least favorite Disney movies of the 90s. And I know that's blasphemy and people are going to write me hate mail. To which you can email us at the ultimate tabletop network at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite Disney movie is and why Kim is wrong. I mean, look, look, the 90s and early aughts had, like, Beauty and the Beast. It had Little Mermaid. It had Aladdin. It had Lion King. It's a good era of Disney movies. So fiery. Yeah. That era was fire, as the kids say these days. It was on fleek. Uh, nobody says that anymore. It was no thebomb.com. It was totally wizard. <laughs> As the people in Star Wars say. I would like that to be a thing. For realsies. They don't even say yeet anymore. You don't yeet things anymore. That's because yeetsy made it a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeezy. Whatever. Kanye West. So anyways, we're tied for trivia now. 7-7. Seven to seven. <laughs> Yeah, we sure are. I mean, we can talk more about Disney movies, man. I could do a whole Disney movie po- movie podcast. Is that going to be a bonus episode? Uh, No, because I, I could talk about each movie for a whole episode. I mean, throw it in as a bonus. Or unless you want to make it a separate show. I don't have time for a separate show. I mean, I'll just bring out a microphone and just record you saying stuff about Disney and then we'll slap it together. Or about any movies. Yeah. Because I know movie stuff. Anyways. You are the movie mistress. Stop. I just like movies. 
I'm the movie gal. I can't be movie the gal. I can't be the mistress of everything. Mistress of darkness. The no, mistress no, I of can't. Web, no, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Of... Time out. I'm not gonna be mistress of darkness. That's Elvira. <laughs> you gotta respect Cassandra Kane. Is that no? Cassandra. I know her first. Cassandra Kane is one of the Batgirls. Cassandra. She's super cool. She just did the roast of Bruce Campbell. Cassandra. Peterson. Peterson. Anyways, that's the end of trivia. <laughs> And with that sound that I'm going to sample and put into every burger part of the day ever from now on. Well, my uh, 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 burger, yum, yum, yum. Exactly. Good. So for all you new people out there who are just tuning in, we sample a burger of the day on each of our episodes and give them a review for you. Hopefully they all turn out deliciously. So let's talk about this damn burger. We score it out of 20. We sure do. And there are four categories, and each of them are worth five points. And do you want to say what our categories are? Is that because you don't remember? No, it's umami, which is savoriness. Emotional resonance, which is how the burger made us feel in our deepest, darkest, cavernous souls. Uh, reeatability and mouthfeel, although not in that order. We usually do umami, mouthfeel, emotional resonance, and then reeatability. That is correct. I know. Okay. <laughs> I get another trivia point, as you'll hear after this. Sure, sure. Right? Burger comes after trivia? Yes. No, burger comes before... No. Oh, so then as you've already... Now I have eight eight points. Seven points. Eight points. Because you're giving yourself an extra point for this? No, that's dumb. If, that, if that's how that works, then I should get an extra point for cooking it. Sure. No. Mm -hmm. No points. Seven to seven. <laughs> All right. So the burger today was the charred to a crisp burger. This one was not bad. This one I enjoyed and wasn't. <laughs> what? I'm just surprised that you said that you didn't hate making it. Well, this one didn't require like shoestring niblets of onions and. Usually it has shoestring onions and I have to mush things in my fingers and I have to cut up cheese. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, usually a lot of the burgers are overly complicated. Yeah. Although this one did have a lot of parts, so I'm really surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, but all the parts were kind of in the same pan, more or less. It was a lot of different ingredients that kind of went together. Okay. So how did you make it? So this one was fairly easy. Starting off with a burger patty. Did it the same way I usually do it. Starting with the ground beef, egg, breadcrumbs, garlic, salt, pepper, and Worcestershire sauce for this one. Worcestershire. The Worcestershire sauce. So with the awesome patty press that I gave you, you made four delicious hamburgers. I sure did. So what else went with the hamburger? Tell me all about it. So the topping of this burger uh, required Swiss chard, which there wasn't any in the store, so I identified with other lettuce. It required lettuce, bacon, white wine vinegar, which we used red wine vinegar instead because that's what we wanted to use, and some more garlic. This is going to be a very garlicky burger. That was cooked up slowly in a pan. That would have been the topping. And then for sauce, we had a mixture of mayonnaise, avocado, garlic, and dried tarragon for the sauce. Now, I know that Kim does not like avocado. Like, at all. You have a, uh, a real hate on for avocado. I would say a mild disliking. I hate mushrooms and tomatoes with a fiery passion uh, on the ninth level of hell. Avocado, I think in this particular case, avocado can be turned into a nice creamy sauce. Because really, it doesn't have like a whole lot of flavor. 
on its own, avocado. I mean, that's with tarragon and garlic yeah, yeah. and stuff. And so mayo I'm saying, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like a hipster cream cheese. A toast additive. There you go. Yeah. That's fair. It was a pretty simple burger. There wasn't a whole lot of toppings to it. So for assembly, bun, burger, chard and bacon, sauce, top bun. Easy peasy. And I feel like it turned out well and it wasn't super complicated and I didn't hate making it. Good. Mm -hmm. But that also means it's going to get less points for emotional resonance for me. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. So when I made up the burgers, I made two with the avocado and two without. So that we could sample a couple with just the patty and a couple with the sauce. Just in case I hated it. Indeed. Which I'm trying to do to make sure that you have at least a good meal in you. Thank you. It is greatly appreciated. The umami or savoriness. How did you feel about that? Umami. Burger good. Bacon good. Bun was good. The lettuce was nasty. I did not like it. No? No, we'll get to that in the mouthfeel part. Oh, right. The sauce was good. I thought there was too much sauce, personally. Okay. So I'm going to give it... I'm going to I'll give it a three. You're going to give it a three for savoriness. That's mostly because of the bacon. Because bacon a savory AF. Mm -hmm. What about you? How did you feel about it? I really like this burger. I like avocado. I like mayo. I like the I like the addition of the Worcestershire sauce in the burger patty, which I may just start doing as a regular thing. Mm -hmm. And it was very tasty. So I want to give that a four and a half for savoriness. Those were all flavors that I enjoy and it worked out pretty well for me. And for mouthfeel, I didn't have a toasty bun. So the whole burger was soft and enjoyable for me. The bacon was crispy enough that it was a little bit crunchy and the lettuce I mostly ignored. The whole thing, I want to give a good solid four to for mouthfeel. How about you? Crispy bun, good. Burger, good. Bacon, crispy. The char reminded me, just from like looking at it, of that sad bag of lettuce that you leave way too long in the back of your fridge and it's like all shriveled and wet. Imagine what that tastes like, but with garlic and bacon fat. So good? No. The mouthfeel was not good. I'm going to give it a two. An atrocious two? Atrocious two. Because, just because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm getting a little fired up about the burger, so I'm probably going to give it an okay resonance, where initially I thought I was going to give it a low resonance, but now I'm thinking about that sad bag of salad, and so it's bringing up feelings. Oh yeah, you want to get into those feelings for the emotional resonance? I'm going to give it a three for emotional resonance. Okay. My initial plan was to give it like a one, but I'll give it a three because we've all left that bag of salad in the back of the fridge and opened it and gotten a nasty whiff and felt bad because we didn't eat it because salad's expensive and also it means that you ate likely things that were not good for you and it smells gross, so. Atrocious too. Yep. Well, thinking on it now, avocado was a big big food in my family so getting used to it eating it as a kid very much just like part of the fancy burrito meals that we used to do i want to give this a good four for emotional resonance because it is a pleasant memory for that and because this wasn't a super challenge to make and it didn't get me fired up making it it didn't land on a five hmm. your family burrito nights are really good mm -hmm. as for eatability i want to say yes i would re-eat this one again so i'm going to give this a four and a half because not only would i re-eat it again i would probably make it again not in this house for me you can just have the bacon bits yeah okay you can have a burger without the char and the guacamole yep okay deal how about you how's the eatability two i probably wouldn't read it wow i would scrape off the char and i would scrape off the guacamole and eat it the way you just described that you would remake it for me wow <laughs> and i would probably put like garlic aioli on it or ketchup and mustard and like crispy lettuce and just make a bacon burger so you just have a 
you get me to make the patty and you just do the rest. Yeah. Nice. So I think this is the first burger we've had such diverse opinions on. Yeah, we're usually like one or two points between us. Mm -hmm. In this case, you got a red hot 10 and I got a red hot 17. That is wild. That is a big jump between. I'm betting it's the avocado that really set it apart. No, honestly, it was the lettuce. Yeah. The avocado was fine. I don't think it added or took really took away anything from the burger. There was just like a big clump of it on there. That's fair. It was okay. Yeah. Overall, pretty good. It had, I would, if I gave it a five for scrapeability. Do we need a new category? Because I can scrape off the gross parts. We'll just, we'll make it a, a, like a special guest category when required. It's not like the Munster Burger that had the mushrooms like melted on top of it that I couldn't get eat around essentially. Good scrapability. So I'm hearing a non-numbered score for scrapability and that'll be our extra category. It only needs to make an occasional guest appearance. Gotcha. Not, not all burgers need scrapability. Okay. Just the gross ones. <laughs> and in this case, it needed a scrapability score. Nice. And I give it a high one. Well, let's ride this puppy home with the outro. Thank you for listening to License to Grill, brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. Don't forget to return next week for Season 2, Episode 3, Synchronized Swimming. If you want to cook up some burgers of the day for yourself, please check the link in the podcast description and get yourself a Bun Buddy shirt from our Linktree and merch store. And don't forget to check out our socials. Do it! And with that, good night all my Bun Buddies. Bye! Bye. We got it!